And now, Truckers Radio USA presents... Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Where are their pants? The Derriers! Oh, yeah! The Derriers! Two amazing brothers boldly exploring the universe of music in the Americana Roadshow. The Derriers are Kansas City's dubious backup specialists. Elvis had the Jordanaires. These are the Derriers. Rhythm guitar, bass, and harmony vocals. Please welcome Leo and Roger Eilts, the Derriers. Welcome to the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. USA. I'm Roger Iles. I'm Leo Iles. And we are the Derriers. We're here to bring you some of the best music we can find just laying around. I mean, there's music everywhere. Oh, yeah. You just trip over it trip if, you're, over if you're not looking it. That's out, right. You know? We find it in ditches and parking lots and driving up and down the highway. So a couple of trash cans. A couple of trash cans. <laughs> yeah. There's music everywhere, and we're here to bring it to you. That's right. Well, uh, you know, people ask us all the time. They say... Derriere's, exactly what is Americana music? And we answer, well, provocatively, mm-hmm. it's whatever we say it is, essentially. Well, it is our show. It is our show. Uh, but there's a lot of definitions, and for our purposes, we say that it, the, it's music that has to have distinctive Think, um, American, American roots. roots. Right. That's right. right. So having said that, it could be rock and roll. It could be the blues. It could be classical. It could be rockabilly. It could be opera. Jazz. Creole. Oh, pop. Funk. Swing. Um, Western. Electronic. <laughs> All those things and All more. those things and less. We could just go on. We and, could go on. And we have. It's a big list. Yes, uh, yes. yes, we have. And the format of the show is that uh, each of us shows up each week with a um, virtual pocket full of tunes. And, and we do not discuss this ahead of time. That's right. That's, that's key. We spring them on each other uh, one at a time. and we Sometimes all... to our own detriment, actually. But that's true. It's happened. There's been yeah. a train wreck or two. Once or twice. But, uh, and then uh, we take turns starting the show. And I think I started last time. Yes, you did. So you're up. That's right. Uh, this is a person that uh, you know, our pal Dave Irwin. Absolutely. Okay. So I th- believe that he gave me this name. He gave he gave us such so many great suggestions. Uh, but this is a gal by the name of Annie Selleck. Okay. okay. I'd never heard of her before. She lives in Nashville. She was born and raised there, and and she'll tell you. Growing up in Music City, I hated country music. <laughs> well, there you go. That's but a nice she, way to start. But yeah. she says, but Nashville is home base to some of the finest musicians in the world playing every kind of music. Absolutely. And, and which yeah, is so bet. true. And so she got uh, interested in jazz music. And uh, she got interested. She was in, she said, some dive bar in, in, the, in the university she was at. And they egged her on to getting up and singing a tune. And she said she knew Fever and Somewhere Over the Rainbow. <laughs> well, okay. Those are two classics. Yeah. So yeah. she got up and did Fever and brought the house down. Wow. And so uh, the band hired her on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so she said she spent the next few weeks just frantically looking up jazz musicians and, and learning tunes and stuff. So that's pretty funny. But she's really um, uh, become a mainstay at the major jazz veg- venues in Nashville, um, she's played with, uh, you know, Bela Fleck, Rob McGaha, Jeff Coffin, a lot of those people. Sure. And apparently she's the resident vocalist with the National Nashville uh, Jazz Orchestra. So. Man, we have to check this girl out. Well, we are going to. Okay. Because um, uh, she's got several albums out there, but uh, I, I particularly like this one. It's called Annie and the Hot Club. Okay. Let me tell you who the Hot Club is. 
guitarist Richard Smith. The other guitar is a guy by the name of Pat Bergeson. Now, do you know that name? Not yet. He used to be married to um, yeah. uh, Allison Krauss. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, great guitar player and a great harmonica player. We may look at some of his stuff. Yeah, later. absolutely. Aaron Till on fiddle. Yep, we know Aaron. A guy that you know, Charlie Chadwick on bass. Charlie, he and, built one of my basses. That's right. And um, Tom Giampietro on accordion. Uh, uh, no, he's on drums. And then Jeff Taylor on accordion. Man. Hot, hot combo. Okay. So uh, this is a real fun tune. I think it's a great way to start. Gets you down the road fast here. It's a tune called Chickadee in Cockadoodle-Doo. <laughs> If you know what I mean Chick ding cock a doodle doo Couple of lovebirds, me and you One and one is more than two And it's chickadee and cock a doodle doo Like we said, man, there's great music everywhere. 
<laughs> just, she got awesome. Thanks, Dave, for that one. That's uh, that's some great stuff. Great be, pick, absolutely. You yeah. bet. Well, Leo, what do you got to follow that up with? Guy that was born in uh, November of 1940, and he passed away in 2015. Uh, his name was Percy Tyrone Sledge. Oh, Percy, per- Percy Sledge. Yeah, I couldn't believe we hadn't had him on here before. And then I, I ran. I was listening to some music, and I go, "Man, we we ought to we ought to talk about this guy a little bit." Heck yeah! Uh, he was born in uh, Layton, Alabama, and uh, of course, his big hit came from uh, 1966. He had a huge hit called "When a Man Loves a Woman." You bet. It's kind of interesting now. How, how many great musicians musicians come from uh, humble origins, and it's only a simple twist of fate. You know that makes give him a chance and right. gets her. So a little background on uh, Percy is that he worked in a series of agricultural jobs in the fields in Layton, and he, he took a job as an orderly at Colbert County Hospital in Sheffield, Alabama. Wow! Right now, through the 1960s, he toured the Southwest with the Esquires Combo on weekends. Right, just kind of a part-time thing. But uh, while working at the hospital during the week, uh, he had a former patient that he met. And he knew a guy that was producing music, and he made some introductions, and the next thing you know, uh, he, he has a recording contract. Isn't that cool? Just like that. <laughs> now, he tells a story about the, the song. He says uh, the inspiration for the song came when his girlfriend left him for a modeling career after he was laid off from a construction job in late 1965. <laughs> that's, that's quintessential, right? That's heartbreak stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but here's the thing. He had two guys that helped him uh, with the song, a, guy, a bassist named Calvin Lewis and an organist uh, named Andrew Wright. And they helped him with the song, and consequently, he gave all the songwriting uh, credits to those two guys. Really? Yep. He gave it all to them. Wow. So here's something that happened. Of course, it was a huge hit. I mean, it was just a monster. And then, you know, as it happens, it's 1966, things can come and go. Well, in 1987, let me back a minute. You know, back in the uh, 80s, uh, we started to hear more and more of these rock and roll tunes that we really treasured being used commercially. Oh, sure. In, in commercials and stuff. We're going, oh, what a sellout. Right. You know, it really ticked us off. Well, in this case... Uh, in uh, 1987, Levi Strauss used that song as a music bed for an advertisement for okay. their for their 501 jeans, right? Right. So it's it's. I looked it up on the internet. It's it's. So people should go look at it, and we'll put the uh, the URL. Oh, good. So people can go look at this. But the uh, the the. It's a little short movie, right? And so this guy's leaving for war. All right. And instead of saying goodbye, uh, leaving for he saying goodbye to his girlfriend, but instead of just handing her his goodbye letter, he gives her his 501s with, they're wrapped up in, in a paper thing, and there's a letter in the pocket oh, wow. of this thing. It's pretty cool. And it got to be so uh, ad, uh, popular, it grabbed the attention of the British public so much that the song was re-released and climbed to number two on the singles chart. That was two spaces higher than its initial release 21 years earlier. Wow. <laughs> it's, That's isn't that awesome. wild? Yeah. So anyway, there you go. The song had a second life, and it's still one of the best you know, love songs in the, in the whole world. We're going to just play it right now. When a Man Loves a Woman from 1966, this is Percy Sledge.
for right there. Oh, yeah, man. That and, takes a whole lot of us back to a place. You betcha. Yeah. That's Absolutely. Nice. Good pick, Leo. Well, thanks. I think it's back to you. Um, yeah, I want to feature a guy that I'm surprised we have not featured yet. His name is Vincent Grant Gill. Ah, uh, Vince Gill. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, man, what a talent. Uh, he was born in 1957 in uh, Oklahoma. And, um, man, so I, I'm, I'm trying to do this um, in order, but I might get messed up. Um, he was a front man in Pure Prairie League in the 1970s. Right. Okay, that's where he kind of really got his start. And then he became a solo artist starting around 1983. And uh, also, in uh, 1982, he did this bluegrass album with um, David Grisman, Herb Peterson, Jim Buchanan, and uh, Emery Gordy Jr., which is just a (laughs) a killer killer bluegrass. And we're going to come back to that at a later date because it's fun. But listen to this, man. He uh, He's recorded more than 20 studio albums, charted over 40 singles on the U.S. Billboard charts as hot country songs, sold more than 26 million albums. He's been honored by the Country Music Association with 18 CMA awards, including two Entertainer of the Year awards, five Mel Vocos awards, and as of 2021, 22 Grammys. Wow, well, yeah. <laughs> man. And, That's and, incredible. And I, I got to tell you something. I mean, this I got to meet him once. And he is just as nice. He's one of the nicest, most down-to-earth guys you ever met in your life. Just like he seems. Just like he seems. Yeah. yeah great guy. So he started out, actually, in bluegrass. Um, it, in high school, he had a band uh, called Mountain Smoke. <laughs> so it was pretty, uh, I guess, a pretty hot local band. But anyway, he spent a brief amount of time in Ricky Skaggs, Boone Creek Band. Mm-hmm. And then he joined Sundance, which was a bluegrass group uh, fronted by Byron Berline, who oh, we know, sure. right? We know him too, yep. And then um, he, he uh, of course, that was prior to the Pure Prairie League thing. Then um, Mark Knopfler invited him to join Dar- Dire Straits. <laughs> but he declined the offer, but he did sing back up on their album, On Every Street. Um, in 81, he left Free Prairie League to join the Cherry Bombs, which is the band that backed up Rodney Crowell, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, anyway, as of February 2012, he announced, for the first time in 30 years, I don't have a record deal. Don't know that I want one. Oh, really? <laughs> Is that a place to yeah, be? Yeah, that's a place to be. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and in, uh, so also in June 2012, he was touring and performing only bluegrass music. Yeah. Really got back to his roots. So anyway, oh, uh, by the way, he joined the Eagles uh, following the death of Glenn, uh, Glenn Frey. And, and uh, he's, I believe he's still touring with the band. Um, so um, in 1996, he released an album called High Lonesome Sound. And we know that's a great bluegrass tune, right? It sure is. But um, the bookends on that album are that song. So the first is um, a country version, Mm -hmm. and the last is him with uh, Alison Krauss and Union Station, a bluegrass version. (laughs) Okay. So uh, uh, it's in the same key. It is interesting. The bluegrass version's a little shorter. I think the tempo's just a... A little little hotter. A little hotter. Yeah. Uh, But uh, I did... uh, This is not a a mashup by any means, but it's uh, a mix. We're going to switch halfway through uh, to the bluegrass version. Okay. It's it's kind of a cool to hear the two of them. So uh, from High Lonesome Sound 1996, Vince Gill, High Lonesome Sound.
that's a nice combination there. Yeah, isn't that cool? I, I've heard both versions before, but yeah, putting up next one another, you really get a feel for the difference there. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was the same key and all that kind of stuff. So. Hey, look at that time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we just about burned this segment here. Yeah, I think we did. So uh, we got to get out and start cleaning up the campsite. Up, and we got to go out and check the tires. Uh, got to check the tires. Especially that, that left, left rear, rear inside, inside duel. It's, yeah. a, it's a problem. It's a problem. But it's one we have happened, you know, we've managed to it's keep it It's a manageable going. problem That's so, right. far, yeah. so far. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll get taken care of there. Okay, well, we'll go do that, and uh, we'll be back pretty quick right here on Truckers, Truckers Radio, Radio USA. USA. Well, we're back. We're back. We got that done. Uh, got the tire aired up. Yep. You know that Brad Kozlowski, um, you know, the NASCAR driver. The NASCAR for, for, guy. Uh, he knows what he's talking about, yeah, man. Yeah, keep that tire pressure right. That's right. Yeah. It's important. I don't care if you're going 200 miles an hour or more like 55. Yeah. It's is about our pace. It's still know. important. It's important. <laughs> 55 it, it is okay. You know, just slow and steady, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It may not be life or death <laughs> in that case. But. but that's about as good as Rosie can do, seriously. <laughs> that's, that's right. We can't push her too hard. That's right. Well, you know, people, uh, they often ask us, they say, Derriers, why is it that uh, you travel across this great country of ours, uh, going to all these cool spots, uh, living know, the life, living you know, the life, yeah. and, and playing music, doing your show from all these uh, locations? That's because our friends that are on this station, they have these places called ranches, ranches yeah, yeah. And, and they do their shows from the comfort of their ranch. Right, right. they got loungers. And stuff. I just yeah. see them in my brain; they're sitting around, you know, having a nice little polite cocktail and just doing their show from the comfort of home. Yeah, with their feet up. With their feet up. I'm sure that's what I, it is. I'm exactly yeah. sure that's what it is. So, for instance, you know, of course, Rex Allen Jr. He's got the Rock and Diamond R Ranch Ex- in the Dos Cabezas Mountains. Dos Cabezas. You say that well. Yeah, thank you very much. I've Alan, been practicing. Be good. Okay, uh, Alan Bailey has the Swinging Gate Ranch. Uh, yep, we, we know where that is. We've been there. We've been there. Tennessee Jim has the Diamond W Ranch on the edge of the Kansas Flint Hills. Never been invited. Yeah, sorry. Nope. Orrin Freeze in the Rock and Banjo Ranch. Right. And, you know, uh, people said, well, why don't you guys have a ranch? But hey, uh, but we do have a ranch. We do have a ranch uh-huh. now. And and a matter of fact, we have a name. We named for her. For RV. Exactly. And the name is... We call her Rosie. Rosie for short. Yeah. And the nice thing about our ranch is... Well, it's a ranch without fences. fences. Yeah. We just go wherever we want. That's right. Yeah. So we like that. So for instance, this week, we're at the Shady Grove RV Park right here in beautiful Idaho Falls, Idaho. Idaho Falls. Yeah. This is a very interesting place. You've been there before. I haven't... I've been here. I haven't been here before, so it's all brand new to me. Yeah. It was a short trip for me. Well, you know, they really kind of got um, positioned in, in such a way... It was commerce that really established the city. Okay. Uh, because once, it, like we talk about the three trails, right, out of right. Kansas City. Well, they're, they're, the name of our band, The by name the way. of our band, yeah. yeah. Three Trail and, and they, uh, they're, Dot com. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but not to be too obtuse yeah. about it. No. Uh, they, their uh, city actually grew when they finally established a trade route that, went, that crossed the waterway there. Okay. And uh, so it really blossomed everything. But it's, it's a beautiful town. 
And I, I think we ought to take some pictures, maybe, or you know, yeah. load some stuff up here. We could do that. We could do that. And yeah. so far, everybody, it's a bigger place than we usually go. That's true. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's a much larger town. Yeah, we, we haven't been noticed as much, which is maybe that's, all right. That's okay, good, yeah. considering our nefarious nature and everything. <laughs> I guess but, so. Uh, yeah, but, but anyway, here we are from Idaho Falls, having a great old time. You bet. Well, Leo, I believe it's your turn. Yeah, I think it is, too. Uh, you know, I like these old gold girl, uh, girl groups. Yeah, you sure you do. From the 60s. Even though you can't say I it. I can't say girl yeah. group. No. Yeah, that's, that's true. Go ahead. Well, you know, we have an older sister, right? Yes, we do. Raylene. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, you know, she was just that much ahead of us musically, but she had all those 45s up in her room, you know, and she'd play those 45. And I remember the, her playing this particular group. It was a, as a band called the Chiffons. Oh, sure. And uh, they were they originated in the uh, in the Bronx, which is you know out of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he, they had a, a bunch of songs. The, the one I'm going to play today uh, is called Well, it's He's So Fine. Okay. Okay. But I have something I want to talk about first. Let me first. The group was originally a trio of schoolmates. And at the suggestion of the songwriter, Ronnie Mack, now his name's going to come up here in a minute. Yeah, okay? that's a familiar name. They, they added another singer to it, and one thing led to another, and they, things kind of took off for them. So, so they uh, recorded a, uh, a, a little 45, and they had Say You Love Me was on one side, and, and um, the, another one was Puppy Love, you know. But they, they, they released a couple of singles in 63. As the, it had a, a band called The Four Pennies. The thing just kind of kept rolling and rolling and rolling. Well, one of their big hits was, uh, you know, uh, Gary Goffin and Carole King wrote a lot of wonderful songs. Oh, yeah. What a great team. And they recorded some of their songs, One Fine Day and Sweet Talking Guy. I Have a Boyfriend, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just as a kind of weird aside, I happened to notice when I was looking this up, um, I Have a Boyfriend was playing on the Dallas, Texas radio station KLIF on November 22nd, 1963, when the announcement was made that President John F. Kennedy had been shot. I'll be darned. I don't know how that came up, but somebody had recorded that and and made a note of it. Interesting. Now, here's where it gets interesting, really interesting. In 1970, George Harrison, a Brit, because we don't cover those guys on this show, right? Can't. Okay. Uh, He released a, a, a seminal album called All Things Must Pass. Yeah. It's Great album, really, oh, sure. it's beginning to end. But one of the songs um, that was released as a single was called My, My Sweet, Sweet Lord. Lord. Yeah. yeah. And the musical similarity, so he's so fine, uh, prompted the estate of Ronnie Mack, who had passed away by then, to file a copyright infringement claim, okay? Uh-huh. So the thing was that uh, it was judged that he was he had plagiarized the hell out of that particular song, basically. And uh, he did it inadvertently, according to the judge's decision on that. But nevertheless, he had plagiarized the song, and he fessed up. He said, I, I did, never heard that song before. I don't recall ever hearing that song. But whatever. They settled amicably right. for $1.6 million. <laughs> I, I, could, I could be happy with that. I could be amicable about $1.6 <laughs> million yeah. myself. Uh, so anyway, what I, what, I'm going to give you just a little example. I'm not, this, not exactly a mashup, but I'm going to... Just to illustrate how close these two songs were in similarity, okay? Okay. My sweet Lord, mm, my Lord, mm, my Lord, he's so fine.
I remember the first time I heard this on the radio. I go, yeah. wait, something's going on here. Right. And sure yeah. enough, we know how that was. You know, it might have been subliminal. Uh, maybe George didn't know it, but... Uh, it, whatever. You know, hey, you paid the price. So. Well, and the funny thing about it is that five years later, the Chiffons recorded My Sweet Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but of course. <laughs> they did. All hey, right. It was huge. Well, anyway, let's just give the Chiffons their, their day in the sun right here. Let's go ahead and feature the whole song, He's So Fine, by the Chiffons. He's so fine. She were mine. Handsome boy over there. One with the way. Girl group stuff right there. Yeah, that's great. You gotta love the chiffons, baby. Good story. I love the ending of that story about them recording my sweetheart. <laughs> my, I try to look it up. Out. I haven't found it yet, but I, I will. I will. All right. All right. Uh, back on you. It is. Uh, hey, before I get to the song, uh, I've got to bring something up with you now. Uh, my neighbor Gary. He's my neighbor across the back fence. I remember him. Yeah, yeah. we, we kind of met. Kind, yeah, kind of like Tim Allen. Remember, he yeah. stopped us one time driving out with a. Our trailer, and we left the door open. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, he saved y'all. our PA system. <laughs> hey, y'all, want to close the door? <laughs> so, he's a great guy. <laughs> and uh, Gary, you know, his challenge to our show is that uh, it it first airs on Saturdays at 3 o'clock, which right. is mm-hmm. traditionally his nap time. Well, okay. And so he says, as long as we're entertaining enough, he listens to it. But well, that's if nice. not, yeah. he just goes on to what, you know. Okay, yeah. So a few weeks ago, you um, featured a band. Uh-huh. And so he wanted me to say this to you, and I say this without malice. It's just what he said. Okay? You say it's him saying this, this. is him saying it, and okay. he wanted me to say it just this way. Okay. The fifth dimension, really? Uh-huh. Really? <laughs> really? He's <laughs> criticizing me? I, no, I just, I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I didn't say it. Well, you know, I mean, uh, if that happens, like if I play something he doesn't like, yeah. you know, well, it is nap time. <laughs> Good point. He could just take a nap. He could just take a nap. Yeah, that's right. You wake up later, you'll find something you like. Okay. Thanks for the criticism, but very (laughs) constructive, I suppose. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, this next group I have searched for for months. Okay. And because I didn't really, I knew this song, 
but I didn't really know their, their name. And I finally got the right keywords in and searched, and I found this group, and the group is, is, is named uh, Jonathan and Darlene Edwards. Now, I know a Jonathan Edwards. Okay. Is that the same guy? I don't think you know who this is. Okay, all right. Okay. okay. They were a musical comedy double act, and they were developed by American conductor and arranger Paul Weston. I know who that is. And his wife, the singer, Joe Stafford. Oh. Now, we featured Joe Stafford. Yes, we have. Back, oh, man, right? what a voice. Yeah. yeah. So the routine was conceived in the 50s, and it involved Weston playing songs on the piano in unconventional rhythms, you know, herky-jerky stuff, and Stafford would sing off key in a high-pitched voice. Oh, I have right? heard about this. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, you know, it, it first the first time uh, he did it, uh, uh, Paul Weston would do it at parties, you know, just to entertain people. It's funny. Well, some of the, the producers thought that was pretty cool. And so they said, well, hey, let's do an album uh, of his stuff, right? And then they thought, well, you probably won't have enough. So maybe, maybe your wife could sing some songs, too. So, um, so it, it was, uh, they, they started this thing and they did, I think, two or three albums. But uh, they said, so the other thing that was kind of interesting is, is Joe Stafford, now she was um, under contract with uh, Columbia. And the, the person that, uh, the guy was the head of Columbia Artists and Repertoire Department was a guy by the name of Mitch Miller. Oh, really? Right. Mitch. And along, baby. she didn't always care for the songs that he picked for her to record. That's okay. how it worked back All right. then, right? Yep. And so uh, she would kind of, if they had extra studio time, she would mess with them, right? <laughs> and apparently when they did the first one, they had to replace the drummer uh, for the album because the guy they had initially hired laughed until he cried, making it impossible to get a decent take. <laughs> so this is some great stuff, man. And it, it, it just comes from a place in my past. Uh, it's from Jonathan and Darlene's greatest hits. Jonathan and Darlene Edwards, Autumn in New York. Yeah. 
horses who lunch at the Ritz will tell you that it's divine. This autumn in New York transforms the slums into If you just joined our show, your radio is not broken. Oh, man. Oh, geez. That was the incredible Jonathan and Darlene Edwards. So, uh, it's funny. You know, right. Oh, God. Now, you know who the Jonathan Edwards I was thinking of, maybe? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. I'll play that for you. That is hysterical. Yeah. I tell you, I just had to search for them because I just didn't know their names. So. Oh, man. So that was some fun stuff. Yeah, that's pretty fun. And I think that takes us about to the end of this segment. Yeah, you know, well, I don't know what to do after this. I don't know how we'd follow I it. I don't right? either. We just need to like wipe the slate and start over fresh. So let's go outside and tidy up a bit. Take three deep breaths and uh, <laughs> see if we can get back see into it. See if we can get our sanity back together here. Okay. Well, this is the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. Oh, oh we're backing up. Backing up. To the left, to the left. There that's, we go. That's what we do, of course. That's, that we, we, we back, back up. up because yeah. we are the dairy heirs. The dairy heirs, yeah. That's what we do. So we like to use this portion of the show to uh, suggest that people go check out our websites. All of them. On all the internets. All, and all the Facebooks. All the Facebooks. All the Facebooks. Um, the one for the show is thedairyheirs.com. Yep. And, of course, we have another one for our band. It's the threetrailswest.com with the number three. Of course. Right. Yeah, and uh, so if you go to those, uh, you will find a lot of content. content. Yes, and we are certain that if you uh, watch it, you will be contented. contented. But uh, there's a lot, so you could be confused, confused. In which case, you should contact, contact us, us, and we'll straighten it all out. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So there are contact us tabs at both websites, or if you want to get directly to us, you can use our uh, email addresses. Mine is Roger, no D. At thedairyers.com. And mine is Leo, also no D, of course. at thedairyers.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear, hear from you. You know, also, if you go to the Derriers website at the Americana Roadshow tab, you can download any of our past episodes and listen to them at your leisure. That's true. And we have like bumper stickers and stuff. Yeah, if we you got, want to plaster yeah. them on your car. Yeah, contact us. Contact and, uh, us and we will get you fixed up. As our good buddy Mike Carr says, go, go nowheres without, without the Derriers. Thanks, Mike. All right, yeah. I think it's my turn. Yes, it is. Well, listen, I've been, uh, I couldn't believe we really hadn't put this guy. You know, it's funny. We've gone, what, this is episode 44, uh-huh. and we kind of committed to not repeating anybody in the first year. Yeah, internally, we and decided we would just between take us. on that challenge. And so far, we've done good. We, we've done it. And, and and every so often, a gem pops up where we go, we never, you know, feature that. I can't that. believe. Can't believe. Well, just like Vince Gill that Vince we did Gill. earlier. Can't yeah. believe we can't hadn't believe done it. Vince Gill. Well, the guy that I'm going to offer up today is a guy named Julius Henry Marks. 
otherwise known as Groucho. Groucho Marx. Awesome. <laughs> that, what a story about the, uh, the Marx brothers and everything. Uh, Groucho said that they, uh, he was born in a, in a room above, above a, a butcher's shop on East 78th Street uh, in New York, and, uh, which is largely populated with European immigrants, mostly artists, as it turns out. Wow. And uh, his mother, though, uh, they had aspirations for the, the Marx Brothers, right? So she assembled them into a little ensemble called the Four Nightingales. Oh, wow. <laughs> they were yeah. supposed to be singers and everything. So anyway, they were doing this little tour. And after a particularly dispiriting performance in Nacogdoches, Texas, they decided, they just, they just had it. They started cracking jokes on stage, and the audience loved it. <laughs> <laughs> they said, well, we're better at comedy than we are at music, so let's, let's just go with that. Now, nothing about Groucho Marx. He is responsible for most iconic uh, costume piece of, uh, you know, the, 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 Mark, the Groucho mask, basically. Which, right. The horn rim you know, glasses, glasses with a big nose and a mustache. Right, right? sure. Well, the, that actually originated spontaneously prior to a vaudeville performance in the early 20s. He did not have to uh, time to apply the pasted-on mustache, okay. right? That he usually wore. So he grabs a grease paint and he just paints a mustache onto him. <laughs> and he goes, okay. And he looks in the mirror and he goes, "Oh, the eyebrows need some work." So he paints on eyebrows, <laughs> and he went with it for the rest of his career. Wow, you know. And the other thing, remember how he kind of walked funny? You know, yeah. he would always he had this kind of pr- hitching his get along, yeah, hitching his get along. That acts. What I, I found out that that is. Um, you know, exaggerated walk, kind of with one hand on the small of his back and his torso bent over, you know. That was a parody of a fad from the 1880s and 1890s where fashionable young men of the upper classes would affect a walk with their right hand held fast to the base of their spine and with a slight lean forward. I mean, this was a thing. Wow. Yeah, can you imagine? And you, if you think about it, you've seen old pictures of guys. Sure. Stand like... Posing. Well, posers. Posers. A bunch, of, <laughs> a bunch of posers. He once said, not, um, he was kind of true, he said he, it was impossible for him to insult anyone because they just think it was part of the stick. Go, yeah. ah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Now, here's one of my favorite little tidbits. He actually uh, became good friends with Elton John. Oh, wow. All right, later on in his career. And uh, he was staying in California in 1972, uh, and he just kept calling him John Elton, you know, just messing with him. And according to uh, one of the writers, it said when Marx jokingly pointed his fingers at, uh, fingers at, uh, at him, like with guns, you know, uh-huh. uh, Elton John put his hands up and said, don't shoot me, don't shoot me. I'm only the piano player. Oh, wow. Well, that's where the title of his next album came from that he was working on. He hadn't titled it yet. So, I'll be darned. So, Groucho Marx. Anyway, I'm going to uh, I'm going to play. We were talking on Rural Grit the other day and, and asked to do weird songs. And I, I came up with a little Smothers Brothers thing about a tattooed lady, right? Right. And it just stuck in my head. So, well, he did a song called Lydia the Tattooed Lady from a movie called At the Circus. And it's great. It's a great song. And that's what I'm going to feature. So, here comes Groucho Marx. Lydia, the tattooed lady. Dice! Do body! Gobble! Rolled into one! Oh! Lydia, oh Lydia, say, have you met Lydia? Lydia, the tattooed lady. She has eyes that folks adore so, and a torso even more so. Lydia, oh Lydia, that encyclopedia, oh Lydia, the queen of tattoo. On her back is the Battle of Waterloo. 
Beside it the wreck of the Hesperus too And proudly above waves the red, white and blue You can learn a lot from Lydia When a robe is unfurled she will show you the world If you step up and tell her where For a dime you can see Kankakee or Paris Or Washington crossing the Delaware Oh, Lydia, oh, Lydia, say, have you met Lydia? Lydia, the tattooed lady. When our muscles start relaxing, up the hill comes Andrew Jackson. Lydia, oh, Lydia, that encyclopedia. Oh, Lydia, the queen of them all. For two bits she will do a mazurka in jazz With a view of Niagara that nobody has And on a clear day you can see Alcatraz You can learn a lot from Lydia Come along and see Buffalo Bill with his lasso Just a little classic by Mendel Picasso Here is Captain Spaulding exploring the Amazon Here's Godiva, but with her pajamas on. Here is Grover Whalen unveiling the Trilon. Over on the west coast, we have Treasure Island. Here's Nijinsky doing the rumba. Here's her social security number. She once swept an admiral clear off his feet The ships on her hips made his heart skip a beat And now the old boy's in command of the fleet For he went and married Lydia I said Lydia We said Lydia I said Lydia We We said Lydia Lydia. It was insane. There, there's a video on YouTube of him doing that. It was. It's a crazy, stupid piece of video. But wow. Yeah. There you go. Gradual marks. Okay. Let's see. Mm, oh, there's only two of us uh, here. I guess you're up. I am. Okay. Um, I'm going to feature a, a, a local group. Um, two guys by the name of Mike Brewer and Tom Shipley. Well, they're just south of where we live in Kansas That's right. City. Yeah. Brewer and Shipley. Um, so they their, their peak of this of their success was in the late '60s and the '70s. And um, they crossed paths numerous times at various coffeehouse gigs, you know, in right. the Midwest, mm-hmm. before they settled in Los Angeles to write music together in 1968. And though, even though mutual friends and bands, so they have mutual friends in the Association of Buffalo Springfield, they all lived in <laughs> L.A., they decided to move back to Kansas City. Yeah. And uh, which is, you know, like I say, homeboys, where they made a meager living playing college towns. But, you know, they, they chose that. <laughs> they chose that. Know? They just couldn't take it out there, man. They said it was too crazy. Right. And so uh, they recorded an album in 1970, and it was called Tarkio. And it was from a regular gig they played in Tarkio, Missouri. Right. Uh-huh. Right. And so it was their most success- successfully commercial um, album featuring the song. One toke over the line, right? Yep. So uh, they wrote that as a joke while preparing backstage for a performance. <laughs> now, this is great. So um, One toke over the line was performed on the Lawrence Welk show. 
which, Ooh, which was right. It was yes. a you know it was a television program known for its conservative, family oriented format, and the duo that did it was Gail and Dale. <laughs> And at the conclusion of the performance of the song, Welk, Welk remarked, without any hint of irony, there, you've, you've heard a modern spiritual by Gale and Dale. <laughs> and so this caused Michael Brewer to comment, the vice president of the United States, Spiro Agnew, named us personally as, a subversive, to, as subversive to American youth. But at exactly the same time, Lawrence Welk, Spiro Agnew, named us personally or perform the crazy thing and introduce it as a gospel song. <laughs> that shows how absurd it really is. And of course, we got more publicity than we could have paid for. Oh, man. <laughs> That's great. So uh, anyway, um, you know, they kind of got back together in the late 90s, and they continued to tour together kind of, you know, off and on. Well, they've come up to uh, the Folk Alliance. They have. Here in, in Kansas City a few times. Yeah. In 2011, they performed on Main Street in Tarkio, Missouri, to com commemorate the 40th anniversary of the album. Oh, perfect. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's perfect. So um, it, it's interesting. Uh, Michael Brewer uh, lives outside of Branson, Missouri, and Tom Shipley lives in Rolla, Missouri, where he is part of the staff of Missouri University of Science and Technology. Whoa. So uh, anyway, if you're going to play... Brew and Shipley, you, you gotta, gotta play, play this one, yeah. One talk over the line.
that's great, man. It's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah, and it's, it's a, you know, one. it really, it's one of those songs that really brings it back, you know? You bet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Leo, what do you got? Well, we did a little gig with our friend Jim McGreevy here a couple of weeks ago. We did. And he, mighty fine banjo player, mandolin player, good friend for a long time. And he mentioned to me a band called The Cleverlies. Right. He thought they might just be fun. Well, I got to check them out. Now, you remember a few weeks ago, we featured Run C&W. Yep. Okay. And both of these guys seem to have copied a very popular thing that we did back in the 80s, where we would take pop, rock, and roll tunes and do them bluegrass. You bet. Okay. I'm so glad that these guys are copying this. this, this it's, is, a great, it's a great it's, tradition. It's a great feeling. <laughs> these, these guys are funny, though. They, they're accomplished players. They got into doing this thing. And they have a backstory. And the, uh, the fiction is that Digger Cleverly's uh, father and four uncles founded the band in 1952 as the Cleverly Trio. Digger toured with Leif Garrett. Do you remember Leif Garrett? Yeah. Okay. As a Teen Idol's E-string tuner. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Before taking over the family band as its new patriarch. Anyway, these guys, they say when they're not performing, uh, they run their alpaca farm in Canesburg, Arkansas. Nice. <laughs> producing everything from alpaca sausages and dairy products to woolly lingerie, although the latter hasn't quite caught on yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. So anyway, well, listen, uh, these the Cleverleys are covering one of my favorite bands called the Zombies. Yeah. Okay, check this out. But no one told me about her, the way she lied. Oh, man. 
Good stuff. I haven't never heard the zombies that way. Hey, look, we're out of time. We are way out of time. Oh okay. Uh, hey, we got to figure out where we're going next That's week. That's right. And whose turn is it to do uh, what? You get the map. Okay, it's I my turn to throw the dart. All right. It's back in the closet. I got it. I got it. Okay, you got it? it it's you a little it? wrinkly, but yeah, uh, of course. Okay, I'm putting it up. Get oh, it up on the that wall. It's a mess, I man. Know. I know. Okay, it's up. Is it's up. It's up. Yep. Get the dart. Spoon drawer. Spoon drawer. The other spoon drawer. Okay. There you go. Yeah, you got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I'm in the circle. You got to go around three times. All right. One, two, three. Throw the dart, throw the dart. Oh, okay, what? we went left, close to the west wow, coast. Wow, okay, we're going uh, on west for Washington, West Richland, Washington. West, I can't even say. West, west Richland, Richland Washington. Washington. That should be fun. Yeah, it's hard to say, but it yeah. should be a fun place to go to. All right, but okay. we'll pack it up tomorrow and head that way. Shouldn't be too long of a drive. All right, well, listen, it's time to, uh, let's get out of here, man. And okay. The, but don't forget about us for crying out loud. Well, that's right. We'll be back next week. I got a, a lot of great tunes I didn't get to, and I'm sure you do, too. I do, too. All right, well, this is the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. USA. Look out behind you. It's the Derriers.